You've been listening to Flat Black Blessed on MutinyRadio.fm. Tune in again and stick around for the smoke signals. Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well, then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. (laughs) 
Hello comrades, this is your comrade Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday 2 to 4 p.m. Broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. in the future of your community, MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.MutinyRadio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at MutinyRadio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com, and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. 
To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The name of the game is compassion. To play the game we have at hand. Get ready to open and expand. The name of the game is compassion. Take this lesson home. Compassion is the key to life. Learn this lesson well. Compassion is the key to life. Compassion is the key to life. There's no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. If you think you have to be right, could win the battle but lose the fight. There's no such thing as perfection. Take this lesson home. Compassion is the key to life. Love and squeeze and touch it. I love it. 
wild demands lead to my resistance. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the name of the show. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Deja vu. I am once again on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. How apropos. You thought you escaped, yet the status quo remains week after week. You're on L-W-A-F-L-M-O. Uh, <laughs> see? Nothing's changed. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch a full-length movie with you, let us. And we want you to listen to the podcast and watch a full-length movie, a feature-length movie, on YouTube at the same time. Yeah. You want more information? The reason why we say the acronym at the start of the show is because that is the official name of our podcast. So if you'd like to subscribe as much as we want you to, go to L-W-A-L-F-M-O-Y-T. Why don't you make it an experience? We stream this show first on mutinyradio.fm. Uh, just go to that website, and you'll be directed to a live feed. You can cut and paste that feed into your streaming service, which is what I do on my podcast app. And you can listen to us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where I'm from, or 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where Carl is from. I'm from. And make it a day. Yeah, well, that's where you're from. And uh, right before the show, of course, is a great show, The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. We just like to promote Paul Brumbaugh's show. Who would like to promote Mutiny Radio? With a go to Venmo and donate to at Mutiny Radio. We also have a great YouTube channel. Uh, I have to promote it. L W A F L M O Y T. Carl's taken previous movies, previous episodes, sync them up. Yeah. Well worth a watch and a subscription. And we are of course on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? Okay, it is not a feature-length movie. It is The Castaways on Gilligan's Island. It's a TV show. Curse you for making me watch this. The Castaways on <laughs> Island. <laughs> Curse me? We haven't even started one second of this uh, hour, this 70-minute long uh, full-length movie, feature-length. It's going to be a theme. Movie? Uh, the channel we like is MASHFAN72, all one word. So it's you put in your YouTube search right. engine, the castaways on Gilligan's Island. It's 1979. You're okay. not going to put that in, and it's MASHFAN72. 
Hit the pause. By the way, we hate all MASH fans. That show's way overrated. <laughs> oh, do you think that's what they mean? 72? Probably. Yeah. He was born in 72. His parents made him watch uh, Gen X television. <laughs> and he's a confused guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, this, this uh, television show, this movie is based on a television show. Uh, I just played the, I just went to the link. So, you know what, I'll, I'll save the speech, but go ahead, type in the Castaways on Gilligan's Island movie, and you'll get to MASHFAN72's page. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer back to 000, which is I am trying to do here in real time at the Mutiny Radio Studio. Right. And once you are ready, we are going to count down, and at the same time, we're going to hit play and we'll experience the Castaways on Gilligan's Island at the same time. Uh, so... Without further ado, to kick off our countdown, we please welcome the Paul Brumbot. Right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. TV show. Not a movie. Show. So this is the same original 60s uh, intro, but yep. this is the 79 movie. You see how young they look right so he's, there? But he's older now. Right. Oh, so this is the original. Uh, but the original cast is not in this TV movie, right? There's one got replaced. Ginger got replaced. The rest of them, it's legit. The rest were like, the money's fine. The money's fine. I'll take it. It's not like Russell Johnson's being asked to reprise any 50s sci-fi movies. Here they are. There's the true star, the fucking asshole boat that killed them all. <laughs> so he's older now. Bob Denver, Alan Hale, no longer a junior. Jim Backus, the greatest actor ever. Nellie Schaefer, the professor's wife. Ooh, also introducing Judith Baldwin as the replacement. Russell Johnson. And good old Don Wells, who probably has the best head on her shoulders from the castaways on Jane. Yeah, 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 she does. Now you look. So this TV show was on during the 60s on CBS. But the popularity of the syndication for the next two decades, uh, they started doing new projects on other networks. So this is a – there was a cartoon show on NBC. There was a Gilligan's Planet as well. There was like a 70s cartoon and an 80s cartoon. And then they started making TV movies. Well, you know this, Carl. I made you watch this and research this. Yeah, that's right, and you're nailing it. Um, and what's interesting to me is that this was a show on CBS – and what we're watching right now is on NBC. I bet you there was some scandal. Like, you know, no way are we doing Gilligan's Island again. Fine, I'll go to NBC. Will you just do that then? This is our generation's Breaking Bad spinoff on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're like, why don't you show it on AMC first? No, no, just that important story about Jesse has to be aired on, in, on Netflix. So important. It's so important to add 90 more minutes of fucking Breaking Bad. Thank I you, Nick. I enjoyed that, but, but you're right. It was unnecessary. I enjoyed it just because it was nostalgic. Is that the word? It's a little too young to be nostalgic, but uh, 
Yeah, back when the time that show was still on the air. I mean, it was all well acted and well done, but it's just whatever. I don't. It's Netflix is so disposable. I've discovered in in, uh, in quarantine where you go, whoa, there's a new Will Ferrell movie. All right, I'm gonna watch it. I watched it. Now I don't have to ever think about it ever again. Yeah, and, you know what I mean, like quality level. It, but guess, check this out, Mike. This is pretty cool. Uh, my sons are into Breaking Bad. The littlest one, just because the older ones are, they they don't even you know understand yeah, sure. it. But uh, by the way, full disclosure: one is twenty and one is eighteen. Okay, I'm not raising uh, seven year olds watching uh, you know. Uh, crystal meth shows. okay so they insist go to the movie theater and watch this this was we saw this in new york and yonkers on the silver screen breaking bad yeah well i mean this new what was the new one el camino is that what it's called yeah right el camino all right we're missing the movie we're Which missing the is... movie. now what's happening here is they had a tropical storm from the last reunion show. It washed them back onto the island. But now the hurricane made all of the fresh water salt water. Uh, so they have no water to drink. So they're trying to figure a way to dig wells. Right. Oh, done wells? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He sits on the golf club. Now, listen, I got to tell you, all this whole stuff, it's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, the, the professor getting, uh, you know, the skipper getting bonked in the head, Gilligan saying stupid stuff. Now, the professor's got Are you the saying that you thought it was funny? No, it was not. Yeah, go ahead. The professor's got the radio fixed, and now they're learning that they're calling off the search for the Minnow 2 because uh, they're, you know, they just think the castaways are dead. Ho, ho. Oh, that's a bummer way to start. Though. The worst morning show ever. <laughs> now, Gilligan is the one that got them shipwrecked a second time, of course, so they're all giving them shit right now. Yeah, so the Minnow 2, so the first TV movie, they left the island and they left right. on a newly christened Minnow 2, and then the same thing happened as the Minnow 1. Exactly right. They got blown back. Okay, so now Gilligan's moping around, but he's discovered something. This show is so stupid, Mike. Curse you, curse you. <laughs> he's found a propeller. Uh -oh. Okay, and an engine. Oh, great, gosh. Propeller? <laughs> Could it be a plane? It's a tit. Oh, it's not. It's an extra. Ooh. <laughs> I thought it'd be something extraordinary, but it's just a plane. It's hit. Now, wow. did they not find this three years on the island, you know? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It landed the three hours trip to take to go back to civilization on the Minnow 2 that, uh, during that time span. The, well, I guess you're right. Yeah, three seasons. They never knew there was a fucking plane on the island. Right. It was – He's right now the professor's like, it was overgrown by the jungle. Russell Simmons, uh, Russell Simmons, Russell uh, Johnson, yeah. the professor, he's like my favorite. Oh, okay. He's in a lot of B-movies. Did you yeah. know that he was a serious-ass pilot in uh, World War II? 
Interesting. Yeah. So this must be easy. This must be therapy being on Billions Island. <laughs> Experience the horrors of World War II and then exactly. spend your career, uh, you know. But it really was it hard because he was shot down. They were doing like this low-level bombing strafing run against Japanese military targets in the Philippines. And they got shot down. And Johnson broke both of his ankles. Um, he flew 44 wow. combat missions in the Pacific Theater during World War II as a bombardier. He wasn't the pilot. A bombardier in a B-25. B now, honestly, doesn't he look like my late father after a couple of drinks? <laughs> Back when my dad had hair. But with better hair, I was thinking that. Yeah, better hair. Yeah, absolutely. With hair. Let's, let's be honest. Oh, Gilligan's back on the grass. On every chance he gets, Bob Denver. He was, uh, so Gilligan, do you remember during the 90s, he got arrested for smoking pot or prostitution or something like that? I think it was pot. So ridiculous. Oh, he's Gilligan. He's Dobie Gillis's pal. He's the far-out space nut. He's fucking yeah. Gilligan himself. He's the, he's the man of joints. Fuck now, look. He finds a machine gun. Look what I found. Ah! I it's so not funny. <laughs> oh, no, you shot Ginger 2. Time to call it Ginger 3. Yeah, we got to call Ginger 3. Do you remember the sea song in the first episode? It was like the it was Gilligan, the Skipper 2, and the rest. Yeah, that's right. No, no, they named everyone but like Marianne. They didn't credit Professor Marianne Mary. And the rest. Right. Yeah, they didn't she's have time. going, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of Because she, she goes, what do you know? It's just your opinion. I love it. I, I told it much Finally, jokes written by old... You told it much better? I was going to say, jokes written by old Jewish writers sound better uh, spoken by old Jews. This was written yeah. by Jewish brothers. It was Al Schwartz, Elroy Schwartz... And the creator, the series creator, Sherwood Schwartz, and they all they all wrote it together. Like oh, in an hour. Yeah, I'm sure someone wrote it for them, and they just got their names on it, and said, boom, here you go, NBC. I believe they wrote it. This guy worked in the industry. I mean, he this guy did Sherwood Schwartz. He did Brady Bunch. This guy knew what he was we're definitely dipping our toes in Gen X waters. I mean, you could say that this is a boomer show, but I, I would say I watch Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island every day after school. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We had our reruns, and so the boomer shows became the Gen X shows. So a lot of them, Star Trek, yeah, right. a lot of them did. Well, we had a, we were ironic about it. We saw a totally artificial TV show. We went, whoa, that's a totally artificial TV show, man. Right. That's not a real island. When you we were so ahead of everyone laugh else. Track, it's the laugh track is so ridiculous. They're cracking up over not funny things. Okay, is so there's a laugh track on this show, on this movie. Yeah, it's a TV wow. show, Mike. Listen. <laughs> oh, I'm going to rip this movie, and I'm going to get the best response. This is why I picked it. I'm sheltering in place. I haven't heard a real audience. La I never heard a real audience laugh even before times, but I'm now I get it. Here, I'm going to start telling my jokes. Did you know about that moron who went to a book burning and brought a candle? Don't you hate them? <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody knows, because if nobody knew, we'd never know when we were finished. 
I, I'm going to do that too. I can't. That's... Tell my jokes over this yeah. laugh track. Okay, you got time to write, Carl, but go ahead by all means. Okay, so I'm going to wait. So they're going to hoist on a pulley the one of the wings, and they're going to try to reattach it. So there'll be uh, jokes of like, um, you know, they're not saying lines. It'll just be the uh, Pratt Falls and stuff, and that's when I'll tell my jokes. Okay, sounds good. We're going to time this right, ladies and gentlemen. Please give it up for Carl. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's great to be here in the uh, Mutiny Radio studio. And, uh, you know, uh, I got to tell a few jokes now, uh, if everybody's ready. Sit down, sir, please. Uh, just going to tell a few jokes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, my wife wanted to have makeup sex, <laughs> but I ain't wearing that shit. Hey, have I got it up yet? Damn it, it didn't work. <laughs> my, my You're getting heckled by Bob Denver. Sex. But uh, I ain't wearing that shit. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Try to keep going. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this will be a funny one. I got to tell you, um, you know, my wife, she wanted to have makeup sex, but I ain't wearing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're killing. <laughs> it's going to be a little dark, but uh, David Bowie, yeah, he's dead to me. Oh, it didn't work. He's dead to me. You know it. That is it. What a crowd loves you and hates David Bowie. <laughs> Speaking of dead, everybody on this show is dead, right? Except for Don Wells? Uh, Jim Backus? Probably. Um, uh, yeah. Bob Denver passed away. Yeah. Bob Denver. Bob, De Bob Denver. Five. And um, Skipper died in 1990. Um. The professor died in 2014. Mr. Howell, um, I don't have a, Mrs. Howell died in 2013. You know what's really endearing? Wow, that's recent. Marianne took care of a very sick, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't 2013. Marianne took care of a very sick Mrs. Howell. She was her primary caretaker when she died. She went, this woman is a mensch. Um, she was sick. She needed help. Now, she could have had plenty of help. She was a very rich woman. But um, but it was, right. it was, it was uh, Dawn Wells who was by her side until she died, caring for her. Wow, so that's 50 years after working with her. Yeah, she uh, became a primary caretaker. Well, good for that's cool. That's great to hear. Yeah, I like Don Wells. I like the cast too. They're eccentric people, you know. They, uh, Jim Backus, I know, of course, from yeah, Mr. Magoo, and but the thing, look, they're all funny. Maybe not Ginger, but this show sucks and is not funny. They're wasting their talents. There is a few good <laughs> scenes, but it's very rare. You know, you sound like uh, Robert Reed on this cast on the set of uh, the Brady Bunch. Uh huh. Oh, I'm a Shakespeare actor. I <laughs> can't believe I have to play Mike Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were three curtain uh, calls. The first telethon. Three curtain calls. My Othello will be remembered in the halls of theaters. Yeah. Really, in the aisles? No, the holes of theater. Oh, the lobby of theater. Uh, no. no. <laughs> you saw Galaxy Quest, right? 
Yeah, I have. Well, the one who was spoofing Spock. Did I just quote it? He goes, how did I get here? He, he's doing it again. He's having a breakdown. I did Othello in the thing. There were three curtain calls. There were three curtain calls. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so the battery. That sounds pretty good. They're doing yeah. what they always do. Kick ass, spin a magnet, make electricity, and it's going to be enough to start the plane. Now, one thing that doesn't make sense, but who cares, is there is no runway. So they couldn't have just taken right. off like a spaceship, but they will. The Do you best... think the guy who created Peloton was like 12 years old watching this going, this gives me an idea? <laughs> the best thing about this scene is while they're doing the biking, uh, Ginger's boobs shake like a church bell that's being rung. Talk about Ginger too, huh? Read the Ginger too. <laughs> Let's see if we see it now. Hold on. Dong, 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 dong. Well, I guess we missed our thing because they're all rolling. Now, of course, Gilligan will get stuck. Right. While the plane's taking off. Yeah. Oh, no. it's been, Well, they should just leave that fucker. Look at right? the they ever Was there ever an episode? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm gazing. I'm gazing. They have to put goggles on to watch those. <laughs> Where did they get those suits? So they can't. They should just leave Gilligan on the island. Hell, the, the show would have been like a one season, done, one and right. done if, if they, they took my advice. Screwing up everything all the time. They would have been off that all island. All the time. It's repetitive. Yep. So Gilligan is. Well, I have a question, Carl. If it, he's right. There he is. Come on, Gilligan. It's so fun. I heard when you grab Alan Hale's hand, it feels like holding like ham. Like <laughs> it's like cold. <laughs> hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. <laughs> See, how he did I, I don't know. How, again, like, how do they find this plane that's been there for decades? Exactly. So my question is that if it was a three-hour tour, how come it takes me 30 seconds to ejaculate? Oh, I mean, their clothing, their clothing. Sorry, let me ask you again. Minnow. Ooh, look at that. Wow. Those are matchsticks. I wouldn't say that that was a miniature, but it looks like matchsticks on the door. So it was a three-hour tour, and... It only takes me 30 seconds to ejaculate. So, I mean, what's up? Didn't the producers think this over? Well, people would always say, like, <clears throat> where do they get the clothing? Or, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Where do they get the aviation jacket and goggles? You're suspend disbelief. It's just a stupid show. Okay, right. this is kind of funny. How's it going? <laughs> the professor's going to tell him, like, we're going to crash, essentially. And he goes, don't tell anyone it's a panic. Don't say a word. So Bob Denver's like, I won't say a word. It's it's one of the only funny scenes. Plane in the air. I better tell the others. No, don't. It'll start a panic. No, I don't want you to say <laughs> one word about this. Not one word. Believe me, I won't say one word. One word, right? Uh, so, so, right, one word. I got you. Watch. <laughs> He's not saying one word. He's just passing out parachutes. He's just putting out the parachute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I hope mine is custom made. All right, that's funny. Okay, so now yeah. here's the here's more of the joke. Okay, it's very Again. rare that was a funny moment in the film. Gotcha. Do you think that was the funniest moment of Gilligan Island? Uh, Gilligan? Uh, there'll be another very funny scene in which Alan Hale starts doing a hula dance. <laughs> he really does a great acting job in it. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's like the Andy Richter of hula dancing. You ever see Andy Richter do the hula dance in uh, Cabin Boy? Yes. Yeah. This is how a woman dances or something like that. It's been a while. It's been a long I think while. I know more. I think I'm, he became a cabin. But I remember more Gilligan's Island. Yeah, a cabin man. But what was it? It was like a... Um, All right. <clears throat> it was a, 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 like a goddess in a, in a cave, right? Right. He wandered in. And Magazine. Yeah. And then remember the husband comes home? <laughs> right, who had like a hard day. He worked, he worked at some store or something like that. He was still in his outfit. Yeah, that's a great movie. I, I saw that recently, Cabin Boy, and uh, I watched the, the commentary. Well, they had like a little featurette on the DVD. And uh, I saw that in the theater, and there was one point in Cabin Boy where the movie just grinds to a halt. Wait, watch this. Like, I think it's from the giant cupcake. Okay, uh, uh, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Ginger. You see, he's got the suitcase, then poof, the suitcase disappears. Oh, yeah. Oh, that must have been some continuity. I asked you to jump off an airplane dressed as Gilligan holding a suitcase. Not no, – Sorry, Mr. Schwartz. Yeah, right. We're going to have to reshoot. Mr. Schwartz, we don't have budget. So you saw the commentary of Cabin Boy, and you were saying the cake? What was oh, it? Oh, that uh... – well, no, for me, when I saw him in the theater, the movie grinded to a halt when the giant, when he started to hallucinate and he saw like a giant cupcake spitting tobacco and he's like, oh. yeah, I said, you know, I don't know where you're going with this anymore. It's just done. But I recently watched it like two years ago and uh, it's, it still holds up. Maybe I should rent they it. They tell a story about Alfred. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't hurt. Honestly, that, that movie is fun, fun to watch. Al Albert Molina, the famous uh, actor, uh, plays uh, like one of the professors, like has a very short role, small role in it. And during the commentary, they said that he thought he had a much bigger role. Uh -huh. He thought he was playing the captain or something like that. And he was really pissed off to find out he was like in two scenes, one scene. You know, that's funny. It kind of parallels Ginger. You see, Ginger's agent told her that she was pretty much going to be the star of this show. It was going to be her star vehicle. It's going to be all about her, you know, and they were uh, – it would focus on her. And then when she got there and started the show, did, you know, to the pilot and everything, it wasn't about her at all. She was just one of the people. She was sulky and pissed off, and that lasted all three years. That's why there are new gingers. She's like, reunion show? Screw you. Wow. I'm here, I'm here for the pilot of Ginger's Island. Oh, <laughs> right. boy. Schwartz. Get Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of match fans, there's a famous quote. Uh, they were interviewing an actress who was playing a nurse, and they had asked her, well, what's the show about? And she said, well, it's about a bunch of nurses and their friends, uh, you know, working at a mobile uh, medical union. 
unit. It's a famous quote because, yeah, she she kind of said the show is about her and her friends. Right. She just played a nurse. You know, she wasn't really any of the main characters. Okay, so... That's a good acting story, I guess. Here is another funny joke. Are they, Gilly, oh, no, this is the second final funny joke? They're back on the island. Here, let's... We must search for Gilligan. Oh, well, of course. What would a party be without Gilligan? All right, that was a joke. She goes, we have to look everywhere high and low. And Gilligan goes, just look high. It's like, Deborah, are you still smoking on set? <laughs> wow, he was walking on air. Dobie Gillis's buddy. Yeah, he got busted for pot. He became like a pot icon at one point just for yeah. that. So he, after Gillis, he went back to West Virginia and he was on a FM. He was an FM radio personality, um, and he ran an oldies format radio station with his wife. Oh, that's cool. Good for Gilligan. Oh, look, what, what the... You castaways. Yeah, yeah. what happened is they saw a plane on their radar, which wasn't expected, and then it dropped out of the sky. So they sent a boat to rescue, and they're freed now. Wow, good for them. I guess, but it's really bad for a show because they didn't do anything. It was coincidence. They were able to get the plane out in the air. Then yeah. those gentlemen saw it, yeah. officers, oh, and I they guess. came. Yeah. So they, they did. Yeah. You're saying this is an awkward start to the this full-length movie. Okay. What this is... You're is saying this is a full-length movie. Listen, this is a television pilot for The Castaways on Gilligan's Island, which is a hotel. The Castaways. Here it is. I've got to play it. It's so cheap, a voiceover. That's their hotel that no. he bought, he no built. No cars, no television, no electricity. Just the way we lived when we were shipwrecked on this island 15 years ago. And I was very generous, my dear. I made our fellow castaways partners on this island. Okay, so we've got our set up now. Very generous. They now run a hotel. But, which, as you said, was... So this was voiceover. Either it was a voiceover, or that the moccasins are so loud, their voices <laughs> booms from the heaven over the island. Yeah. Oh, there it is. It's tattooed. The, the boat. The boat. So when the Gilligan, they, the Gilligan. When they were back in society, they didn't say like all go their separate ways. They they said let's continue to live on the island. It'll just now be a resort. Now these are guests, including. Tom Bosley. There he is from Happy Days. And Marcel Lopez. Yes. There you go. Bob Newhart. And then the other people. Yeah, and the other people. This is a straight rip of Fantasy Island and Love Boat, where they they come on the boat or they come on the island. Right. They're literally leaving a boat and coming on the island. Did you see that kid? plane on Fantasy Island. Yeah. You assume, like we all do, that he's a, a child of one of the couples that just got off. But he isn't. He's like a I, stowaway. 
You can't even kill him. What an idiot. There was an extra person on a fucking motorboat? Yep. I didn't notice, Skipper. Well, that's the thing. Like, wouldn't they have a manifest of who their guests are? Yeah. Meepy manifest. <laughs> you, uh... <laughs> you know what? My, you would appreciate this. My kids were in the car in the back seat, and they started making fun of something. I couldn't hear the whole thing, and they were like, ah, ha, ha. And they go, yeah, front 242. Ha, 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 ha. And I was like, I love that band. And they went, oh. ah, ha, ha. <laughs> so I'm the butt of Come somebody. on, man. Single... Don't you remember their music video for Single White Female? Yeah. <laughs> then they get the man. Hey, poor. Oh, here you go. Hey, poor. You don't have to be poor anymore. anymore. Jesus is here. Okay. Well, it was very important in the 80s to make fun of uh, preachers by sampling them and putting them on over techno beats. In the 80s, all those preachers had become right-wing Christians, and so therefore it was apropos for the time to be criticizing. To sample them, yeah. Okay, these this, are this is like their, uh... and they bring bad luck. And the stereotype, who's really like a Hawaiian person, being a stereotype is right. warning them against the bad luck. And the professor's like, ha, 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 ha. And that will be our ending. For Gilgis Island. Yeah. Oh, so that's how they get, they wind up back in. So everything goes to shit at the end of the episode. Well. Wait a minute, Carl, if this was a pilot, if this was a pilot, then it would have to end it open-ended, right? They couldn't be deserted on their island again. No, they're because not. Because it was going to be a second episode. That's right. They're just, yeah. No, the, the bad luck of the masks is like a dumb gag to wrap up the show. Oh, so that's, those masks are, are the reason for their downfall. No, it's just a dumb – it's not the movie fart or something. It's just a dumb ending. Gotcha. Okay, look at Boswell. He's all in a business suit. It's hard – okay, wait. We'll be right back with a nice, comfortable cot for your son. Son? Our son. What son? Yes, the boy that came off the cruise ship with you. <laughs> He's not ours. He must belong to the other couple. Set up. Interesting. Tom Bosley. Bo How do you pronounce his name properly? Bosley. Bosley. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Mrs. Cunningham, the actress, uh, she, she, they didn't get along. He was like an asshole to her. Right. And one time I saw a uh, candid camera thing, and they were playing a trick on him. He was thought he was there for a business meeting. He's smoking a cigarette, and he was bossing everybody around. And they still showed it to us. And then we got the gag, and he goes, ah, ha, ha, you kids. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> can't pull one off the old boss. One of my favorite uh, bad movies is called Million Dollar Mysteries. Mm -hmm. which was sponsored by Glad Bags, which had Tom Bosley as the spokesman back in the day. Oh, right. So, the, so Tom Bosley plays a character like Jimmy Durante in The Mad, 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 Mad World, where he dies at the beginning. Uh, but he is stowing away $1 million in Glad garbage bags. Uh-huh. And then he dies. And then people have to find the, the, the Glad garbage bags full of money. Set up. And they keep saying Glad. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Well, I have to say, Carl, I did have seen this uh, as a kid in 79, and I do remember this storyline very well. As we heard in that voiceover, 
Gilligan's Island Resort doesn't have a telephone. Right. But there's one in the uh, lobby. So Bosley, who's going through FOMO, FOMO, his fear of missing out, he has to make a business call, and he discovers that there isn't a phone on the island. Right. It's a hidden phone. I still remember that. It's a little funny how he finds it. Basically, what's going on now is a setup that he is a businessman, he's in real estate, and he just can't keep his mind off. You're on vacation now. You haven't had a vacation in 19 years. Loosen up. Sounds like every Adam Sandler movie I watch. (laughs) I can't enjoy this vacation. Yeah. Helping you. Yeah, sure. If I'm there watching them. Boom, boom, psh. He goes and the skipper, Mary. Denver replaced Woody Allen in the original Broadway production of uh, um, Play It Again, Sam, which we know from right. Bogart's The Man with Bogart's Face. So yeah, and uh, well, Woody Allen made a movie version of that. I think he wrote the, the play. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he replaced Woody Allen in the play, and Clive Barnes from New York Times said he was um, a genuine clown, like wistfulness, uh, and that that Barnes had found lacking in Allen's own performances. So Gilligan did a better job. <laughs> so in conclusion. Gilligan is better than Woody Allen. Yeah, for Play It Against Sam. Yeah. Play It Against Sam, I haven't seen that in a long time, but it was like he's a movie nerd who can't get laid. Right. And uh, he likes, yeah. It's been a while. You know you know, there's no quote, Play It Against Sam. It's like, Sam, I want you to play it in a certain manner or some shit like that. It's like Hamlet, you know. I know right. Horatio, I knew thee well over there. Oh, Marissa Wallace in a bathing suit. Yeah, there's nothing more ugly. Mm-mm. No, man. Come Those on, she's pieces, not man. a pretty no, What a body. You saw her tongue in Carl, three. shut up. <laughs> look, she's looking at her <laughs> so low cut she's got no cleavage. Right? Look Carl, at Jesus girl. Christ, man. I'm seeing total... I'm so, that's so offensive. There's totally cleavage. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Man eyes thing. Of course it's cleavage. <laughs> oh, wow. So there are kids. So wait a minute. So there's a lot of people on this island. Yes. It's not just the four people that got it, came in. Oh, that's, what, that's what Howell was saying. He built a hotel here, and they have a business now. It's on the island, but everybody can come. They, they leave for from right. – there's a cruise ship that comes by. Or from Hawaii, a three-hour tour. He'll be here. So that was, but I mean, the skipper came up in a motorboat that held like five people, well, and there's already like fifty people. There were only five guests. I mean, including the kid. Right. By the way, he's probably my kid, and I just realized he's missing. <laughs> oh shit! That's my kid. He's in a. TV for TV movie. I was wondering where he was. <laughs> it's a very dumb. Oh, he's looking over. I gotta check out the script for Happy Days season eighteen. Okay, so now whatever the... happened to Chef Cunningham? Hungry, right? 
See, he's been he's been hiding. Right. Yeah. Hungry for coconut. Oh, he's cuckoo for coconut. Oh. <laughs> right. Skipper's like, fuck yeah. If I had a hot dog stand on the island ten years ago, I'd be set. Never leave. <laughs> what Skipper's doing right now is basically he's he's serving everybody. They take care of the guests. Ew, he had his hands all over that burger. Yeah, he's totally Even not stealthy. Four days, that's gross. Yeah, no, it's not fanny at all. Did you see that? He just ate one of the guests' french fries. <laughs> I know. It must have been at that place by my job. That's happened to me. Someone's serving up your food and they eat one of your french fries and they hand it to you. Oh, it's happened. Oh, really? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, well, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Say, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but, you know, you're in trouble with your job. I want this free. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, maybe uh, I've I've worked restaurant jobs where I'm starving to death and I would eat the leftovers. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest thing. <laughs> I'm not proud. Oh, this is funny. That's 400 miles away. I'm All right. Oh. Okay, oh. that was funny. That was funny. All right. But Carl, wouldn't you like to see a show where every week new guest stars go through talk, try to talk to Gilligan like that? It would have been great. Yeah. This week is Tom so. Bosley. Next week is. Hello, I'm Lindsay Wagner. Oh, hello. Uh, Gilligan. Uh, hello, Lindsay, guest star Lindsay Wagner. How can I help you? Well, Gilligan, I was hoping I could play some tennis. Well, we all hope. Gilligan! So she's, so she's native to an island that it's, was deserted for those years that they were stranded on. Now we're here getting oh, the phone routine, and he's going to start looking for the phone. Right. I still remember this back in the day. Oh, and look, Ginger Grant's performing in the, in the, at the lounge. Well, what a deal. Oh, hi, my, I'm Steve Austin, the guest. I'd like to play some tennis, Gilligan. You're so good at tennis, it's like you're playing Eleven is. <laughs> Gilligan? <laughs> okay, now, he he's looking for the phone. He just can't find it. Now, this is a treat. When these movies came out, the TV movies, it was like, you know, a phenom return home. I remember Gilligan's Island. There's new Gilligan Island. It's just it was this bad though. See how he found it? Yeah. <laughs> what an actor. Ooh. Oh, didn't pay dirt. So Gilligan, are you trying to tell me there's no Wi-Fi on this island? There's no Wi-Fi on this island. It's in the like south. He's got to get a quarter. Yep. 
<laughs> For those of you who operator, this, this is Tom Bosley. Right, that's right. Yes. See? You're exactly right, Mike. Hello, operator. We'll keep trying. Hello, operator. It's a Tom Bosley. Yeah, no shit, this is Tom Bosley. Who else sounds like you? Now, Marion. <laughs> I'm looking for Happy Days first season. Yeah, the first season of Happy Days Carl was was basically about Chuck Cunningham and his younger brother Richie and his parents and right. you know Joni, and they happen to know a greaser from the fifties who yeah. who uh, moves into no Chuck moved. Yeah, that's only because Chuck lives in the apartment, right? Because the right. the guy left, the actor mysteriously Roger. disappeared. Yes. Okay, this is going to be actually another funny scene. Um, Hi. Oh, you could tell. I've been looking for you. Well, I've been right there inside the tree. Inside the tree? Yeah, I was making a phone call. Oh, here's your suntan lotion. Oh, a nervous breakdown? It was bound to happen. No, honey, I'm not having a breakdown. Just so happens the only phone on this island is in that tree. It's hidden there in case of emergency. Oh, isn't that clever? An unlisted tree. You know, I tried to call the office and nobody's there. It's just as I suspected when the cats away the mice will play. Henry, you forgot about that. Now it starts getting not funny again. You know, maybe I should play you a not funny segment because I'm just playing the good stuff. I can't believe we're watching a full-length movie that has a soundtrack, Carl. This is a full-length movie uh, first. This is a TV show, and it's a pilot, (laughs) and it has a laugh track, and it starts with Gilligan's Island theme. It's not – this is a – Look, you're just mad. You're just mad because the movie theater manager in 1979 would not give you a refund when you went to see this full-length theatrically released movie. Right. I didn't come here for TV, sir. You're going to have to run (laughs) under Hollywood. I do. Ooh, Battlestar Galactica. Well, they were. I mean, Battlestar Galactica was the famous. Uh, they they took the pilot and they added it to the second episode, and they released it as a theatrically released movie. Right. Uh, during during the whole Star Wars thing, and it got sued. And I I seen it. We watched it for Bad Movie Night years ago in the dark room when we did live riffing, mm-hmm. and it's terrible. It's the same conceit. You have these big production numbers, and then suddenly the show, the movie dissolves into a TV show or a backdoor pilot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's going to the managers, and she's saying, can you help my husband loosen up? I mean, all he's thinking about is business. And they're like, we'll see what we can do, ma'am. Obviously, they are not thinking of business if they're fucking playing. This is one rule in the the, uh, hotel business is that you don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) You don't play your own shuffleboard. Right. You should be fucking managing. Backus, he looks good. Seventy nine. You see how they're like talking to a two by four. Yeah. Is that oh, Gilligan? That's not a two by four. That's uh, Marcia Wallace. <laughs> Jesus, you are so wrong. <laughs> Listen, it's sexist to say that. And two, her cleavage is great. <laughs> a pig man, only a pig man would say that. You, you, you. Yeah, she has great tits. You objectify women, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Wait, it's Ginger. She sings and she massages. 
there won't be a happy ending. This is 1979. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason why you went into the massage bar back then. Yeah. It was on the sign. Help. You jerk off to me. You likey, likey, wanky, wanky? Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at that Bosley, man. He's hiding his tits. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen him exactly with a shirt right. off. The father of happy days. This is a first movie, Ted. Now, the only way you can see this is. movie is either on YouTube or at the Library of Congress. <laughs> Carl, I know I made you watch this movie and research it, but this was uh, there was a more famous Gilligan's Island TV movie when the Harlem Globetrotters land on their island. That was the last one ever. Interesting. I couldn't find that one. I would have, but I do remember this as a kid, so I kind of picked this one. Listen, we just sat through. If you guys have been listening to our previous episodes, last week's episode was fucking Carnosaur. And the week before that was the same director with his goddamn brain dead movie. Yeah, so yeah. this is a fucking relief to be watching Gilligan's Island. I, this is like an aperitif. I get right? An intermezzo. It, Mike, it was just really to clean the palate. Departure, though. I mean, it's. Uh, okay, look, here's some not funny stuff. I'll show you how not funny it is. What's even worse is I haven't had a nibble yet. Okay. I mean, this was all shot. Didn't they build the set? Oh, that kid loves it. That kid is so poor, he has to go fishing with a stick and rope down on the island. No, he's playing hide. Oh, there's the suitcase. Playing hide away. Yeah, this lagoon, we saw it in another movie. Uh, was it Ape? There was this lagoon oh. in one other film we saw. Now, was this shot in, like, CBS Studios? Wasn't it, like, the original island was built in uh, Los Angeles, where the Price is Right uh, studio is? Yeah, and the Lagoon it's, set itself was in um, Studio City, uh, California, and it was right next to a Los Angeles freeway. And it was a real pain in the ass for the sound engineers. I bet. They would have to shoot. Unfortunately, they had a budget. Uh, during rush hour, and they would always be doing retakes because a, a car would show up or a horn. That's so funny. Yeah. But you would figure as a theatrically released full-length movie, they would have the budget to kind of yeah. prevent that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we deviated from the norm. Yeah. I owe you one. You, you get to pick a movie later. All right. Yeah. All right. We have the next two weeks tied up, though. They were going to name Gilligan Willie when they were like when Schwartz was writing it way back when. Yeah. uh, Okay, no, no, I got that wrong. He didn't have a name, and he found he just flipped open the uh, phone book and he found Gilligan, 
And he thought, that's funny. I'll do right. that. Gilligan's Island. So then Schwartz had the name Willie written in his notes. It was Willie Gilligan. But Bob Denver was like, no, 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 no. Gilligan is a, the character's first name. And so they agreed to disagree, and they said, we'll just call him Gilligan forever for the whole show. So the creator thinks his name is Willie Gilligan. Because I have heard that story that the first name is Willie, and that Gilligan is his last name. But for Gilligan, it's his first name. That's the thing. So they only See. ever call him Gilligan. And Skipper's character's name is Jonas. Really? They only said it twice. What about the professor? The professor, yeah, he's uh, Roy – wait, 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 wait. I have – yeah, here it is. Professor Roy Hinckley is his real name, Roy Hinckley. Oh, yeah. He had to change it when, uh, after uh, Reagan got assassinated. Uh, <laughs> Hinckley. Hinckley. Well, they just – You know that happened. The, yeah. The greatest American hero, the, the character's last name was uh, Hinckley. And then when the president got shot, they had to change his name. So the next season, he had a different last name. <laughs> Switching horses right in mid-gear. Yeah. Here, look, here's more not funny. Wrong, and I was right. You were wrong, and I was banker, Gilligan. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mahiti. Now, the important thing that we do is search for this boy and find out who he is and what he's doing on the island. Right. So we'll split up and tell the others to be on the lookout for him. Who are you going to tell well, I'll tell Marianne and Mr. and Mrs. Howell. I was going to tell Marianne and Mr. and Mrs. Howell. This would happen every week again. Do you think it would have been an hour show, Castaways on Gilligan's Island, like Bloodboat and, and uh, Fancy oh, Island was an hour? Question. Good question. Oh, here we have, have something story that's lines. slightly funny. Well, fucking 1979's aerobics? Hell yeah. <laughs> Gilligan will start doing oh, – I don't know why it's funny. He's – He's funny. Right. Bob Denver is a funny guy. No, he's yes, better than Woody Allen. I thought we'd... Not... Gilligan is not funny. He had to bend over backwards for this show. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a white boy in the window. Boom. He's, yeah, he's looking at the butts. It's me in 1979. Will you look at that? It's a little funny. It's a little funny. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's hysterical, apparently. Apparently. Do you remember on The Odd Couple, the soundtrack, oh, those shows, there was always like a distinct laugh in the soundtrack, on the left track? I did. Like if some guy in the aisle just had it. Well, Carl, you're familiar with the open mic show, and you're familiar with comics in the back of the show. Yeah. And you're familiar with the one comic who has to call attention by having a very distinct laugh. <laughs> so you'll, you'll say a joke, and Mike Spiegelman, <laughs> you know, and it, it's to the point where it's just like, hey, guys, remember, I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this one guy, his name's Brandon, uh, Brandon Wonderlick. And he goes, <laughs> I love when I hear his laugh, though. It's not the same thing. He has a very distinctive laugh, but I know I've got a hit when he's laughing, and his laugh is so clear. Oh, that's good. Okay, so. Usually uh, I'll have the comics who will, yeah. Just for the plot. 
the professor found made in Chicago, Illinois in the masks that are supposed to have bad luck. Okay, this will be but funny. They're truly bad luck. Now, hey, oh, right, it's a skipper. Yeah, Alan Hale does a very bad job in this whole thing, this whole series. He sucks, but not right here. Right here, he's as funny as Lou Costello. So he's sexually excited by Ginger, and it's weird. He hasn't done that the whole series. Yeah, you're right. Maybe because it's uh. Fortunately, they're the same age. Ginger. Dude. Dance? The professor? <laughs> I can't do the hula. Okay, here we go. Now he's... All right, I will revert to Now it's 1979, so they're being cool about it, but he is sexually excited. Right. Well, you can tell from those 70s fans, he's got a raging one right now. <laughs> Look at that. You can see his heart on. Yeah. Like, you can't see shit. <laughs> so baggy. Well, none of them wear belts. Gilligan, Skipper, so they can't hang themselves. Right. Have you ever noticed on Gilligan's right. Island that they all don't have belts, but their pants holds up? It's just totally <laughs> unrealistic, Carl. I, I take me out of the moment. It could be suspenders. Okay, that was uh, right. That was funny. Yeah. Jerry Van Dyke was almost Gilligan. Jerry Van Dyke. Hey, I want to recommend to our audience, go type in My Mother the Car on YouTube, and you can watch every single episode of Jerry Van Dyke, the guy from Coach. Uh, he had a 60s show where his mom dies and is reincarnated into a car, a jalopy he buys, and speaks to him through the radio. And it's great. It's great. I was really happy for him posted every episode. Well, yeah. okay. <laughs> Listen, it's funny you say he. One of his biggest regrets is my mother, the car. Uh, when the idea of Gilligan's Island was cooked up by creator Sh Sherwood Schwartz, as an actor in mind for the part was Jerry Van Dyke. The producer sent Van Dyke the script for the pilot. He hated it, calling it the worst thing I'd ever read. Jerry Van Dyke took another sitcom role on the advice of his agent. Van Dyke accepted the lead role as my in My Mother the Car. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? When he said, I'll take the role in My Mother the Car, and then you hear the laugh track. <laughs> It'll be a hit. <laughs> And then the music, doing, 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 doing. Now we're having hilarity as the uh, boy gets away by swinging from, brand, you know, like Tarzan from vine to vine. Right. We have hilarity as guilt. Now look, he's got parallel bars. You see them? They're trying to hide them, but you can see them. The kid's doing gymnastics. Interesting. Whoa! The... Skipper, Skipper, there's an underage kid on our island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at him. It's, it's, there's an underage kid on our island. Oh, he must have gotten his place. Uh, Epstein's island is next door. 
There you go. Thank you. That was a... I tried. I tried. Wow, this kid is uh, gymnastically athletic. Well, we're going to learn that he is training for the Olympics. Does this kid talk? He gives a heart-to-heart, -heart, right? Yep. Of course, right? So, check this out. When the Gilligan's Island first came on the air, a lot of people contacted the Coast Guard to rescue the cast. Seriously. Um, That's nuts. The, the American Coast Guard received several letters and telegrams requesting them to save Gilligan. It's uncertain if these letters were serious concerns or pranks or a mix of both. What other shows were around back then? Uh, hello, FBI. There's UFOs. I just saw it on TV. Uh, man, that's a show, UFO. Hi, Rob. All right. So now we come back from commercial, and they're meeting each other. I've been doing that stuff since I was a kid. <laughs> since I was five. Five? Yeah. Uh, Olympics. So we're getting the whole story why he ran away. The Olympic Village, it's just people fucking. I had to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Raquel <laughs> Welsh was almost Marianne. Really? Well, she, she had a career back then. Nope. Well, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. She did it in 64, right? It was a show. Wait. Um, a House is Not <laughs> what, a Home was 64 on our show, and Raquel Welch was pretty much right. unknown. She tried out for Marianne, and they thought, you know, she's very sexy, but she's out of the running because she's not the girl next door. 66 was They're the lost. movie that made her famous and made her a sex symbol two years later. You're they right. didn't know what they had. What? Yeah. Do you think this is just like lore at this point? Like, Sherman Sports wrote books about Gilgan's Island, and yes. uh, I, I think I tried to read it. And I, I back in the day when I was like absorbing every pop culture when things were current. Mm -hmm. I think the book came out in the nineties. Uh, I have that written somewhere uh, in my notes here. He did make a book all about Gilligan's Island, and that's pretty much why I've got so much material. Uh, not because I read his book. Yeah. Uh, about like interest like Carol O'Connor edition for Skipper, and this was before All in the Family, which was seventy one. So again, they didn't know what they had. <laughs> ah, Christ, Gilligan, <laughs> Gilligan. Hey, what what you call? We're like a uh, ship casted here. What you call? So now Tom Bosley <laughs> has a plan to get off the island. He's going to pretend that he's taking his wife's advice and just, you know, unwinding and relaxing, but he, like, looks like a bum. He's lazing around. He wants to stay for three months. He's trying to trick her into saying, please take me back home. Oh, Gilgan never did that. He never guilt-tripped Skipper. Oh, I love it here on the island. I see us here forever. He's You're not crazy, smart Gilligan. enough. I got to get you off this island. Yeah. But um, every week, this week, on Howell Castaways, would do that kind of thing, like shamer. Like, yeah, they say, 
Okay. They're a great couple. I mean, honestly, out of all the TV couples, uh, the millionaire and his wife were just, they loved each other yeah. so much. Yeah. But look at you. This is a little funny. Watch this. Well, if you want to shave, that's okay with me. All right. We didn't get a good enough setup. He was like, your hair's unkempt. You're unshaven. But just look at you. Look at me. And he says, well, if you want to shave, I, I'll, you know, I don't mind. I'll wait. <laughs> oh, oh, quarantine alert. I shaved today. Wow. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> It's always a big difference. I love how I love how like they just they they decide to take their misfortune. They have an opportunity to to make something of their lives, and they still haven't changed their clothes. Yeah, really, especially Gilligan and the Skipper, especially. I know. This is all nonsense. They never had new costumes. You see, you you look at uh, Marcia Wallace, then you look at. Uh, Marianne and Ginger, they now that's a rack. Carl, all right, if we're gonna have to go down the sexist road, Maria Wallace's rack is fantastic. I don't know what's wrong your problem. I don't see I don't see what you're seeing. I don't get it. I don't want to come off as sexist, but I think there's there's something there. Yeah, two bumps in the road. Nope. <laughs> did you ever watch the real Gilligan's Island? I don't know what that means. The Real Gilligan's Island was a reality show on CBS. I think it was during the aughts, where they found people to to hit the archetypes of the uh, original <laughs> 50 sitcom <laughs> and then put them on a real island. <laughs> and the big thing was that the millionaire's wife couldn't stand the fact that Gilligan was gay, and that they like milked that for episodes. They're like. <laughs> You know, or maybe the professor was the guy who had the professor role, and that was the drama. That never happened on Gilly. You know, give it up for Sherman Schwartz. Even though they're all white, they definitely got along. They definitely worked together. <laughs> you know, like if they said Gilgan was gay, they would be okay with it. They would. So obviously, Skipper's okay with it. Look at Skipper. He's been looking at that view for years. <laughs> In the bunk bed. <laughs> now, Mrs. Howell. Do they always stop Buck Bottom? What's that? Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just saying that they've always slept in bed bunks, and I think it's always been skipper on the bottom. Yeah, that's just for crushing Gilligan reasons, if there's ever an accident. <laughs> oh, right. That was Endeavor's contract. <laughs> so Mrs. Howell was not a fan of Gilligan's Island really. at all. Natalie Schaefer, she didn't like the show. She didn't like the script. She didn't like anything about it. So... She thought the pilot was going to be like this one-and-done acting job. She didn't believe the premise of the show was strong enough to be like be a whole series. And she was shocked when she got a call back that the show was picked up for more episodes. Now she was just like, okay, this is a paycheck. I'll do it. She hated the show during. Wow. Yeah, but what were the other 60s shows back then? Hogan's Heroes? Would you oh. rather be like the zany Holocaust uh you know, German Nazi prisoner camp. Let's take Stalag 17 and turn it into a broad comedy. There was no other, there was nothing. Did she prefer to dress up in a bikini and be trapped in a bottle? I don't, I can't think of any other show during the 60s that wasn't like, you know, okay, so wasn't just as bad. TV lineup 1979 on ABC. Uh, Barney Miller. Okay. Charlie's Angels. 
Donnie and Marie, eight is enough. That's pretty, there's something to watch there. Um, let me put in NBC. That was ABC. Well, you know, Carl, I, I actually have in my hands the complete directory of primetime network and cable shows, 1946 to present, eighth edition. Okay. And in the back of the book, they have the primetime schedule. Mm -hmm. So for sake of argument, I could check what was on 79 and see uh, what it was what competing was against. against. Them, but yeah. I, I could also, ch you know, actually, do you mind if I check uh, 64 to see what was up against Gilligan's Island? Whatever you want. Uh, also in 79 Alrighty. on NBC was Chips, Different Strokes. Hello, yeah. Larry. Uh, oh, fact, Little Hello, Larry. Larry. There was plenty to watch. BJ and the Bay. Wasn't that like, now we're getting, into, we're getting into the weeds. Fred Silverman was this TV executive who turned ABC and CBS to number one. NBC hired him in the late 70s, and he proceeded to crank out Super Train, uh, Pink Lady and Jeff. And a lot of other, like, oh, as well as, like, different strokes. Oh, no, Brendan Tartikoff kind of was the genius behind, like, Punky Brewster and, and mm -hmm. you know. I remember okay, so let's see. Gilligan's... only that it was this little kid. And so when my son Keith, the littlest one, I used to, come here, Punky, Punky Brewster, you know, put him on my knee. Come here. to find out Punky Brewster. He came to find out Punky Brewster's a girl. He's like, Dad. From uh, from uh, was it wasn't she in uh, didn't she have a second role? Oh no no, I'm thinking of uh, Blossom. I beg my pardon. Uh -huh. Okay, so I'm looking at the schedule. Fall of '64 on a Saturday, uh, Gilligan's Island was on at uh, 8:30. Yeah, it was the Jackie Gleason show from 7:30 to 8:30. Gilligan's Island, Mr. Broadway, and Gunsmoke. Uh, but they were competing against Lawrence Welk and Kentucky Jones on NBC. Wait a minute. Now, this is May 3rd, 1979? No, no. This is back in 64. This oh, is when my, it premiered. Okay, Let me okay. go ahead and check 79. So May 4th. Uh, can, you, can you tell me what day of the week it was? Uh, no. Uh, May 3, 1979? No. I'm not an – I'm an idiot, not an idiot. Savant. Fine. I'll Google it. Let me Google it. May Three. 3rd, nineteen. Matt, third. Okay. It was a Saturday. Katie's in the Bay Cane Lounge. Okay, so uh, what happened on May? I don't really. It was Three. a Thursday. Okay, so let me go ahead. So Thursday there was Barney Miller, Soap, and 2020. Oh, no, no, I beg my pardon. ABC started off at 8 o'clock with Laverne and Shirley, Benson, Barney Miller, Soap, 2020. That is a solid three hours right there. Yeah. I turned to CBS. I had Walton, Hawaii Five O, and Barnaby Fucking Jones. Yeah. Solid. And then uh, NBC, and I could see it was Buck Rogers, Quincy M. E., and Kate Loves a Mystery. Okay. So. So well, who actually, did, we're talking about May. So let me see if they. Who did this compete against? Oh no, I take it back. Okay, so I take it back. So back, I'm looking at the fall schedule for 80, and May would kind of fall in there. There was something called the NBC Thursday movie that was at 9 o'clock. NBC had games people play at 8, and then the NBC Thursday movie. So it must have premiered then. Mm. So it was competing against Magnum P.I. and Knott's Landing on CBS. That's right. And then on ABC, they had uh, Barney Miller, It's a Living, and 2020. And I That's do remember rough. It's a Living. 
Yeah. You can't compete against the late Tom Ballard in It's Living. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. highly rated according to the internet. Oh, okay, we're wrapping up it here. Let's, let's see. Yes, but you're right. It should be your decision. You mean I can decide when I'm going to practice and how long? Yes, Robbie. It must have been very important to you. Mom, I've been saying that for months. Well, I guess there is a time for work and a time for play. <laughs> sometimes we're like a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we just don't hear. Ah. Oh. Honey, if you turn to ABC, we could watch the last 10 minutes of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarsdale Killer is on. Um, I used Whoa. to think that uh, show was going to do 2020 before it aired, because I had 2020 hindsight. <laughs> you know, Mike, well, I... That's all my dad watched. We had 2020 vision. This year, I've been yeah. looking at girls' butts a lot more because um, I have 2020 hiney sight. Especially this year. Yeah. Well, I have uh, – I bought a TV. It's my 2020 television. Uh-huh. I have 2020 television. Yeah, I bought it this year. 2020 vision. No, 2020 television. Okay, now here comes the Keep wrap going. That's masks. Okay, the, the evil masks. Yeah, right. I remember that. Yes, on the islands, boy is like bread. Here comes the wrap-up. Did, did we ever see them eat a banana or an orange or an apple from that pile of fruit on the table? Right, it's, it's got to be plastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, we're still getting the wrap-ups of, I'm sorry I put you through such problems, honey. It's okay. I love I'm sorry you. I put you through such trouble. I love you too, Carl, even though I made you watch this movie. How many times yeah. did you watch this? This is my fourth fucking yeah. time. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Listen, I got the next two movies lined up, and then we'll uh, you'll pick the movie. Okay. Okay, well, here so it comes. Bad luck. Because bad luck. Telling you, Chicago. Chicago. I have as much right to an opinion as you have. Well, now I can tell you. Labels in the masks that read Made in Chicago, Illinois. Well, I made those labels myself. You mean those were actually primitive native Polynesian masks? Precisely. And I hope I prove to you all just how absurd the ancient superstitions really are. I just pretended to find those labels in the masks to show you the stereotype is shocked. Or bad luck. Oh yeah, right. They were what? Huh? Oh no, the drums are making the statues rock. Oh, that's creepy, Carl. This movie, this this theatrically released full-length movie, has gone from comedy to terror in the in the and last wait, five minutes. Now it's back to comedy. Where was the money shot? They just cut the Russell Johnson with a, a, a bowl on his head. I didn't see him land. Look at that hair. That God, one. he has the best hair. We see the event. We see the after. Yeah, I paid good money. I, I, this is what I would complain. And then the – oh, and there's a – but wait a minute. So there's no, like – they don't – I thought they fucked up. Like everyone left and then they got stranded. No. But they actually – this is open-ended. 
It's like you said before, it had to be open-ended, yeah, to be a, a pilot. And they didn't get picked up. Oh, yeah, well, right. Well, you know, but some of them were too busy with Super Train. Right. He went on to Super Train. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a... Uh, a track. Oh, yeah. Well, I do remember... God, I remember the ending of Gilligan's Island. They didn't... They didn't, when they showed these shows in syndication, they played the end credits. It wasn't, you know, sometimes they'll talk over it, but they wouldn't squish it to the side or put it in yeah, a little box that's, or tell you to skip it, yeah. you know. That started in the 90s. And you would see them, like, yeah. But do you, you remember the, the famous ending of these, Gillian's Island? They're, like, waving or they're on, like, a grotto or something like that. My friend, yes. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, God, I'm so nostalgic. Carl, what would you think of today's movie? Uh, I loved it. It was great. Good choice. Look, man, it sucked. And it wasn't even good. I guess it's good for your show. There is a lot to talk about with Gilligan's Island. It's a, well, you know, I love TV movies. I love TV shows that become full-length movies. I prefer if they're theatrically released full-length movies. Yes. It's a lot more fun. But uh, there was this phenomenon, and I know that people talk about Gilligan's Island and the, and the, and the Globetrotters, and I just wanted to let them know that, you know, they did other stuff. They had these other theatrically released uh, these TV movies, and so and I also remember watching it. So it was Rescue the time. from Gilligan's Island was the reunion reunion show, the one we just saw. The Castaways on Gilligan's Island, the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, two animated C series. Yeah, you said Planet, guest spots on shows like Alf, which they're all together. Uh, Baywatch, Roseanne. God. So they milked this cow. Yeah. Well, now they didn't. Probably, I, I always wonder about syndication and whether they got residuals. I mean, I know that uh, I Love Lucy. None of the uh, day players got any residuals. Yeah. They all went to Desi Lou, and that that show was a syndication for decades. So I do wonder, I like, Lucy. you watch like Brady Bunch. Yeah, I mean, does Gilligan get like twelve cents every time it airs uh, after school? No. I mean. So yeah, Good their fame were gone, and I I do know, and then the Brady Bunch movies from the '90s, I think Gilligan shows up. Yes, that's right, and also um, Jim Bacchus was did a Brady Bunch, and six. Listen, I've got more stuff I didn't tell you during the six women played Ginger. Nine seventy minute movie. Oh wow. Uh, Tina Luis was considered to be the official is considered to be the official Ginger. Uh, due to her friction with the cast and her rough history with the show itself, she declined a any spin-offs, reunion films, cartoons. She was just like, I am out of here. That happened, and now it's done. Well, yeah. anyway, there's lots to talk about. It was good in that sense. There were many things I didn't get to here in my notes, and that's okay. Um, <clears throat> but as far as, like enjoying a film you know like i enjoyed brain dead it was bad but i enjoyed it uh this was not funny i played you like five to eight funny moments but as a rule right you know and um also we were watching tv that is not your style michael uh yeah, i know it's not my style because i've said this on this show tv like when you see a bad movie is that someone had a vision Someone had a financial backing on this, yeah. and it misfired. It wasn't their intention. They were they were wanting to make a good movie, or they wanted to make something that exploitive, 
but entertaining enough. And there's a misfire, you know. So, so television, television doesn't care if you think it's good or bad. They, you know, you watch right. it. You could sit on your couch complaining about it. A cur- seven commercials play. That's you what complain they're about after. them. Yeah. Then the show comes on. Yeah, so as long as you watch those ads, they don't give a shit if you hate the quality of it yeah. and you're, you're zinging it for your couch. They want you to zing it for your couch. They want you to sit there and watch it all day. So, yeah, I agree. So saw, it is kind of a misstep from us. But Remember we saw one TV thing that was good. It was Lonnie Anderson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, that was the Jane Mansfield story. Yes, that was, right. We enjoyed that. That was good. And the person TV. who uploaded it. But, the person who uploaded it kept all the commercials in there, and it was all ads from the 1980 uh, uh, presidential de- uh, uh, election. The yes, Democrats please. want you to wait in line for gas. <laughs> they want you to drink Perrier instead of straight from the faucet like an American. Right. Isn't it time we put Ronald Reagan in the office? So, Cole, I'm looking at my primetime book, and I just wanted to follow up about the primetime schedule. So I had mentioned that Gilligan moved a couple of nights. Their second season, they were on Thursday. They were up against the Donna Reed Show and, and Daniel Boone, and CBS offered The Munsters, Gilligan's Islands, My Three Son, and then the, the Thursday night movie. Then they, uh, then Gilligan kind of for the final season, they kind of took a bath. I just saw it a second ago. They were on Monday at 8, 7.30. That's uh, it was them run, but it's not good. Yes, well, apparently the primetime schedule started at seven thirty. Not on eight. Sunday they would add like a, not eight. Hmm. So I'm looking at like even in sixty five and sixty four, for a long time the the primetime season was seven thirty to uh, eleven. Okay, so eight to and then or, yeah, eight and nine were like the killer hours. And then 10 o'clock, it got a little fuzzy. Uh, but I don't remember 11 o'clock ever being prime time when we were young. It was no, 10 no. p.m. to 10. No, no. It, it ended at 11. The it ended at 11. There was a yeah. local news, local right. news, and then it was a late night talk show. Mm-hmm. And then they did that thing where local news lasted until 11.35, and then you started Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or what right. have you. I never – yeah, Leonard. I found that on the office, but No, you're right. It was Johnny Yeah, it Against who? Uh, I think it was just Carson for a long time. I know network-wise, it was some prime time. Like Arsenio was prime was syndicated. Right. Uh, Thick of the night was syndicated. Joan Rivers started the Upstart Network Fox. They put a late night show, but usually it got the network in the game. Uh, no, you said that. Um, it was Pat Sajak for two seconds was in the game. Right. That's right. You know, I think a lot of, like, local affiliates made money off of reruns. Like, you could watch Johnny Carson or you could watch, like, Honeymooners on – or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Channel Mac 9. at 1130. Yeah. So, you know, people had a habit of, like, oh, I'd rather watch the Honeymooners than watch Carson. Or was it 11? I was at, like – it might have been at 11 against the news. What they I might have done, like, two episodes remember back there was... Channel 9 and Channel 11, that's where, like, Honeymooners would show up. I just don't remember which one. I think it was 9. W-O-R? I always thought it was 11. You could be right. I always thought it was 11 because 11 was in New York City. And, of course, famously, W-O-R is in Secaucus, New Jersey. Right. And uh, they always kind of played up the New York aspect of the Honeymooners. So I think it was uh, – Your brother did a lot of TV in Secaucus. Or was it a lot? Maybe it was only – it was more than one show. 
my brother Adam, who recommended a movie we're going to watch in two weeks, and we'll get back to that in the next week, uh, he uh, he had a bad movie podcast called Probably Resents, but he's a television producer, and he worked on the Richard Bay People yeah, Are yeah, Interesting yeah. show or whatever. That's right. Yeah. And they would shoot that. And, you know, the Richard Bay show, they would shoot in the Secaucus camp, and they would have things like Blonde versus Burnett, Who's Better?, and they would do these like challenges where they would shoot it on the roof of the WOR studios, and you could see Secaucus behind them, and they'll be like, you know, blonde versus brunette, mud wrestling, or something like that on the roof of the WOR. Anything to make you. Yeah, it was an interesting show. Yeah, anything to make you watch. Carl, listen, I had to pull this one out. It was just kind of an oddity. It's a curio. It's a pop culture curio. So that's the reason why I. It's I brought this out. I, I no problem. I can't apologize for castaways. I'm not going to apologize. Yes, you this are. This is an exception. You are. We... No, you are going to apologize. Listen, I eat what. <laughs> we our show's not ending. Carl, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> we're castaways. I'm going to Carl, listen, I'm sorry. Okay. I it was like clearly a pilot. Week. All right. What are we watching next week? Okay. Are you sure you don't want to pick? All right, you're going to pick. The switcheroo is going to happen in the week, and then yeah. we'll do Adam's uh, suggestion down the line. All and right. That, next week we're we're back in the land of real movies. We're back in the land of really terrible, not terrible, but just weird offbeat movies. Thank you. And when you hear weird offbeat movies, the name Robert Downey Sr. gets bandied around. Yes. Uh, he of course is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, father, and he's a famous experimental filmmaker. And I was one of the few people who saw Mad Magazine Presents Up the Academy in the mm-hmm. theater, a uh, film he directed. He makes these films that are just not, what did not we really watch. Can you do Pundit Swartz? Swoops? Sloops? Pundit Swoops. I don't think we ever watched that we, one, did yeah, we? Yeah, we saw Putney Swoops Putney. together. God, Carl, we've been doing this show a long time. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And he actually voiced Putney. He redubbed it and did his own voice on that. So we're watching a movie he did in 1974 called Greaser's Palace, okay, where it's a Western, but like a, a modern-day people show up. Palace. Uh, okay, trailer? And yes, uh, I don't think we have a trailer, unfortunately. Oh. We have, like, uh, scenes cut out. Oh, okay. I'm relying on your audio, so I do see, like, just scenes, but I don't think there was an official Oh, that sucks. Trailer. Okay, well, Here, I'll, let me I'll try commercial trailer. instead of trailer. Commercial. Okay. There's just clips from this movie. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Yeah, it's still more. Okay, so we got Bingo, we got Spittoon, uh, we've got I Can Crawl Again, and Jesse's Song, and Red okay. Snapper. What do you like? Soldier Sam. You want to end on the song? The song, sure. That is. Well, no, no. What's well, three minutes? I don't know about that. One we do, I can call again and call it a day. Okay. 38 seconds for Red Snapper. Want to try that? Okay, let's do 38 seconds. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So I put in Trailer Greaser's Palace. You'll only get clips. And if you go down to Unruly Brutes channel, you will find Red Snapper. I'm sliding it back to zero, okay. zero, zero. Uh, All right, kids, get your finger hovering over that triangle. Let's do this thing in three, two, one. G -g 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 Okay, three, two, one, go. In a world.
seen you. She said, Vernon, you are the only man who ever made my bell ring. All my love, Red Snapper. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Ugly old honey ho says hello. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's the, that's the movie. Okay. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch – we're back to watching classic movies and odd, weird movies that we read about. I've read about Robert Downey Sr.'s uh, work on mm-hmm. several books, but this is the first time I can actually see a full-length movie of his. Thank you, YouTube, and that's the premise of the podcast. Carl, where can people find you? Uh, gosh, uh, they can go to carlsucks.com. And if they go to my right, mic so on Tuesdays, they're getting temperature checked as they walk in the door, thanks to Mike Spiegelman. And we don't have microphone condoms, but we do have microphone prophylactics. Plus, there is a bevy of uh, squirt juice, so you can disinfect yourself. And if you go inside the bar to go to the bathroom, you must wear a mask. This is all thanks to Mike Spiegelman. Oh, absolutely. CDC. All right. Well, thank you so much. Carl is uh, being responsible. He is offering live entertainment from a professional bar in New Jersey. Uh, so he is obviously backyard. checking the boxes. Backyard, outdoors. Yeah, right by a billboard. You get classic New Jersey billboard facing the parkway. Uh, it's between uh, 80 and the parkway. And don't make that a New Jersey thing as if billboards aren't all over Frisco. I miss yeah, but they're they're Bay Area billboards. They're not real true Jersey billboards. They're not made with hard water, man. They're not boiled in hard water like New Jersey billboards. Start driving down Route 80, and you're going to see billboard, 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 billboard. It's every state. It isn't here. It's America. It's (laughs) no, no, man. Listen, man. The billboards, the billboards in California are different. When you fold them in half, there's no grease pours out of them. You know, they're completely they're they're fluffy. You know, it doesn't even taste like a billboard. That's a fair cop. I mean, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> yeah. Well, take it from me, an, an ex-Jersey is in California. Yeah. I've been in California 27 years, but I'm still an ex-Jersey. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, speaking of California, if you're in Humboldt County, pick up the latest copy of Savage Henry magazine. Oh, uh, the comedy magazine theme. It's the new normal. I did get accepted. I'm in the, the new issue. And if you're not in Humboldt County... Well, you're probably smoking shitty weed, but if you're not in Humboldt County, you can still read the magazine. There's a digital copy on a website called Issue. Sit in tight. I-S-S-U-U.com. Go ahead and type that in. Type in Savage Henry Magazine, and you could find my latest article. It's uh, Your Breath Stinks. So if you're not going to wear a mask to, for, because of the pandemic, can you at least wear the mask? And I, I make a lot of your breath smells so bad. COVID-style jokes. So I'm going to save it. Go ahead and find that. Carl, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to watch Gilligan's Island, man. We've been friends for years. I don't think we've ever watched an episode of Gilligan's Island together. You know, some things, you know, sometimes you don't fix what ain't broke, Mike. Okay. (laughs) Too late. I fixed it. It's done. I'm looking forward to Greaser's Palace. Back to movies. Sounds great. And we're looking forward to watching Let Us Watch Greaser's Palace with you, the audience. So Please, if you haven't subscribed, do so. Go ahead and rate us on uh, iTunes and go ahead and write some shitty thing on uh, Twitter. I don't know how this is the, the internet yeah. works. Well, we love your support. Keep supporting Mutiny Radio. If this episode airs and Mutiny is still around, you're doing the right thing. Uh, Carl, thank you so much, that, man. It was Mike. fun. 
Stop saying that. Oh, I didn't say nothing. Okay. Uh, Listen, who said what? Go no. to Mutiny Radio right. donate button. Yeah, do that. Don't, why don't you donate? <laughs> I don't remember your song. Yeah. All right, Carl, thanks so much. Thank, Thank you, audience. Thank you, Carl. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say Mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh, Mike Spiegelman, oh, Mike Spiegelman, oh, Mike Spiegelman, hey, oh, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike L-W-A-F-L. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Right? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 Let's watch a boom. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. You hear the trippy music. You know what time it is. I'm so excited. Today is a little bit different. I am pre-recording some Call Me Tim because I have the most exciting interview that I've ever had on Some Call Me Tim. 
Well, today on Some Call Me Tim, I actually have Wania, the bow of season six alone. How did that happen? Oh, things happen on Netflix, and then get into them, and then, oh, you get on Facebook, and they're real people. She's a real person. She answered her fan mail because I am a super fan. It's hard for me to express. I don't want to tell her this stuff because it's weird, but she'll hear it on the thing later. But I'm, I used to be a reality TV junkie. Before I started living like an authentic life that I wanted to live and spent my time the way I thought it should be spent to like make the universe and my universe and the whole situation better, I spent a lot of time watching screens and being really into reality TV. And in my late 20s, early 30s, I would say that it was my main goal in my life to be on a reality TV show. Now I look back at that and I think like, oh, maybe my reasons were a little more vapid or, but this alone show is no joke. If you haven't checked it out on Netflix yet, season six, wow. Like, it's people surviving, surviving, as Wania will put it on her, uh, alone. <laughs> they have cameras, their own cameras. Nobody's filming them. They're filming themselves, and they're surviving, and they're making their own water or food, finding it, building a shelter. It's like crazy, but great, not pejoratively crazy. Like, wow, like superhero stuff. Living the way I would pretend as a child, like in my backyard, like, oh, look what I'm doing. But they're really out there. 73 days. She was out there for 73 days. And I'm watching the show and I'm crying and I'm crying. And there's all these amazing moments. She's dancing with the sun and she's squirrels, thanking the squirrels and being so grateful to everything she ate. And just like, and I'm crying. I mean, oh. It was just, it was amazing. And she's a woman. There were so many women out there. And I was so impressed because I just, when it started, I was like, oh, three women. And she's a feminist superhero. And I can't wait to ask her so many questions. She's calling like right now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen like right now. Okay, I'm like, I did this. I started it a little bit early before she called because I was trying to like center myself so I wouldn't fangirl out on like the explanation of Alone before I started. For those of you who haven't seen the show, it's not like regular reality TV. Let's put it that way. I mean, it is in that they edited things heavily. And I want to ask Winia quite a bit about what they left out. And I watched, she has a YouTube channel on Buckskin Revolution where you can watch the Alone series and listen to her as she unpacks each episode um, and says like the things that she could say and couldn't say because I guess they had a, a DNR or something about the show. I guess reality TV shows do that. You can't release anything before it happens on the TV. but. Uh, she has her Buckskin Revolution channel that you should check out on YouTube, where she also teaches life skills. There she is! There she is! Okay. 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 Here she is. Okay. Oh, see, I already made a mistake. Hi, Winia. Hi. 
I I already fangirled out a little bit to the audience before you called to like calm myself down and sort of like Uh explain what alone is for maybe some of the people that hadn't seen it. But you're more than alone. Uh That's the thing too. I didn't want to just like talk about alone today. Hi. Okay. Okay. I'm calm. I'm together. You're so cool. I'm just like over the moon to like. I mean, you didn't even have snare wire, and you caught rabbits? Okay. I know. I actually got a snarky comment on my YouTube channel today about how bad I did and how they couldn't believe I couldn't catch fish in a lake that was teeming with fish and how bad my trapping was. And it's so funny what people think they know about a thing. Like, they didn't really advertise that I don't have snare wire, so most people have no idea that that was one of the challenges that was going on. You had no fish. Well, that's – and they mentioned that at some point, that each – place that they dropped people each campsite is the wrong word each place in the wilderness where you had the opportunity to live they were all different and so some had fish and some had you had uh squirrels and rabbits and berries not everybody had berries right like i had less berries than most people i think actually because i didn't have much in the way of blueberries every site was different for sure yeah but it wasn't really true that like they all had equal resources they tried to give them the best you know they tried to make it the best swath and distribute the sites as well as possible but some sites had way more resources than others for sure yeah well which would you have that's the luck of the job that's the real world right (laughs) it's not Disneyland it's the wild which which uh which which site would you have wanted to be on watching it after would you have said oh if I would have been there did you have even that thought of like oh if I would have been in that spot I mean, the thought that had I been in a spot with more resources, mm-hmm. I could have done better and stayed longer. But I was in love with the place that I was. And when you're out there, you don't you have absolutely no idea what right. what other sites are like and what other people have access to. And there's really no point thinking about what you don't have because that doesn't fit you anywhere. Right. Well, but isn't that what you can do with what you've got? That's a mindset I think that we have in our real lives here all the time is that when we focus on the things that we that someone else has or that we don't have and then it creates like suffering and misery that doesn't even need to be there. It's like what we can exactly. appreciate our own stuff. Okay, so first I have questions not about alone. Where does your <laughs> name, where does Wania come from? What is the derivation of your super cool name? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the story of it is um, one that is interesting and not necessarily super cool. Um, so when I was a teenager, um, when I was uh, 19, I went and I did a summer course. There was a backpacking field study. So it was eight weeks backpacking in the mounds of Idaho, which was amazing. And one of the traditions of the course was that everyone take a, a trail name during that time. Um, just to kind of set it aside as a thing separate from your normal life. And so I did that, and I was really interested in ancestral skills and starting to learn more of these life ways that are the things that I'm into now. And I found a book of Lakota stories, and um, Lonia was a name. I wanted something that sounded beautiful and had a beautiful meaning and was something that I really identified with. And, um, and so Lonia is a really powerful word that means um, like the life spirit when it's not incorporated in a body. It means the breath of life. And so I took that on as my trail name. And after, after going by it for so long, and it was a very, very transformative 
summer, um, I decided to keep that as my name. And so the, the not pretty part of it is that that's totally cultural appropriation. Oh. And I, you know, I was a young woman and I didn't really have that lens and I didn't understand, you know, I had no concept of that or why it might not be a great choice. So, um, so that's where Wonia comes from, is from a young woman who just named herself uh, a word from another tradition that wasn't her own. And I do think it's beautiful, and I do really identify with it, and it's not a choice that I would make today. But I've gone by that longer than I went by the name I was given. And also, I feel like it's a way to introduce it's the, keeping that name um, brings up the conversation yeah. and allows me to talk about the concept of cultural appropriation and just like changing it back would be like uh, letting myself off the hook and pretending that I didn't make an inappropriate choice when I didn't know any better. And it gives me this kind of like this way of addressing such issues from a place of humility as someone who gets it because they've done that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's a great question and it's not, you know, um, yeah, it's not always an easy subject for me to talk about because of that reason. Do you do you feel like you've earned the name now that you have embodied all these ancestral skills? Almost like you could call yourself a, a bunny or a rabbit name at this point because you ate so many. <laughs> like you you even said on the – that was one of the things they actually showed that you're like, I'm part rabbit now. <laughs> like 